Amen. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Every praise. Amen. Something's in the house tonight, don't you think? Boy, Holy Spirit, show up, fall down among us. Enlighten us, minister in and through us. Let the knowledge of the Holy Spirit be real in this place, and we're grateful. I believe God is here. I believe that. I believe God is able to heal. God is able to divinely anoint. How many know that if we ask God, God will give us that which we need? Amen. And a lot of times He gives us that which we, uh, we desire. Most of us in the room uh, cannot comprehend the unlimited possibilities that God has. We can get used to believers in the rut and the routine. We get used to being the same old, same old, but I got to tell you, His blessing, His love, His goodness, His mercy is new and fresh every single day, amen? There's not a new idea that just happened to occur to God. He already has new ideas and they just keep coming, amen? There's nothing in the world that's going to surprise God. You're not going to do anything to think you're going to pull the wool over His eyes. He knows everything, amen? I want you to know there's no power that's going to sneak up and be built by man that's going to overcome the power of just the Holy Spirit alone, much less the power of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is all-powerful, amen? You're not going to hide anywhere that he cannot find you because he's omnipresent. He's where you are, where you've been, and where you are going. Somebody say amen. No doubt about it. He's omniscient. There is nothing in this world that he does not know. That's the God that we serve tonight, the one that we've gathered together to be able to praise and to honor him and listen to his word and say, Holy Ghost, speak to my heart tonight. How many of you need just a little touch from Jesus? Some of you need a whole dose, but a little touch. Do you believe this in James 1.17? Every good and perfect gift is from above. you believe that? coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift. I know that you have received many, many gifts and God has something to say to each of us. He is a great and mighty God, but it's amazing that he's chosen to have a partnership with us. Now, number one, don't ever believe that God needs you. All you are is dirt. That's a fact. But when he filled you with his presence and his Holy Spirit and redeemed you, he made you something special. Amen? He did. He can do anything that he chooses to do at any time. But he's chosen to partner with us. He created the church where we might have a place to be able to sing and worship him. He created the church so that we might be the disciples and, and to be the evangelists and to be the preachers and to be the teachers. He, he endowed us with gifts from above, and many of those gifts Paul writes about in Corinthians. And he said, there are no limitations. My friend, you can become a spiritual giant greater than anything you could imagine if you're just willing to say, God, I want you to load me up. We're raising our kids they get into certain circumstances, and, and if it was not something that I would see or Sharon would see, it's really going to hurt, uh, hurt them. I, I would say to them, I tell you what, you go ahead and get you a what? A truckload. You just go ahead and get you a truckload of it. You know, you think that's what you want. You go out there and load it up. 
And what you're going to find that once you have that load of what you think you want, that load becomes a burden. It becomes something that slows you down, that makes you sluggish. That load before long is with you day and night. But here's what I know. That load eventually gets weary. And Jesus said, hey, if you come to me, I'll take your burden. I'll take that load and I'll give you rest, rest that you haven't had in a long, long, long time. So we have here an anxious people. We call them the children of Israel. The children of Israel, they're an anxious group of individuals. God looks at them and pray tell for what reason does he think that they are special? Sometimes I think, God, what makes us special? The only thing I know of is we are created in the image of God. And as a result of that, we are special, not in our own right, not in our own ability, but through him, everything that we have, that makes the big, big, big difference. But he looks at those children and he gives Abraham a covenant. And that covenant is found in Genesis 17 and the whole land of Canaan where you are now an alien. You guys are strangers and pilgrims and weary. I'm going to give you an everlasting possession to you. And not only to you, I'm going to give it to your children and your grandchildren, your descendants after you. And I will be their God. I will be their God. What is he saying? I will be available to them. But here's the deal. God says, I will be your God if you let me. If you let me. I'll be your friend if you let me. I'll be your miracle worker if you let me. I'll be your savior if you let me. I'll give you abundance if you let me. But that is a partnership from Almighty God. You see, if we assume for a moment that, that there is a challenge in every part of life, you know, well, life, somebody had a bumper sticker, life, and it was a word that I, I don't care to use, life, you know, that's all in perception. I enjoy life. I'm not looking to die tonight or tomorrow or next week. How about you? I want to live. If you want to live, say, I want to live. I want to live. I want to live. And here's what I want. I want to live. And God, if you give me a better life, I want to live. But if my life stays the same, I still want to live. Amen. I like living better than dying. I've been with a lot of people who died. I didn't like the looks of it. Oh, but death is not our enemy, Pastor. Don't get spiritual on me. I'm talking in reality here. I want to live. I want my mama to live. I want all of my family. I want them all to live. Why? Because as long as there's life, there is hope. As long as there's life, there's opportunity. As long as there's life, there is a vessel that God can flow through and use. And we understand that. And then we can still dream and accept challenge. Well, I get weary. I get up Monday morning, I go to work. I work all day long, I get home whenever it is. And then Tuesday is about the same. Wednesday is about the same and then I come to church. Thursday is about the same, Friday is about the same, may go to a football game, may go out and get a luscious pizza somewhere and then Saturday, here I am, I'm honey doing and I'm still working and Sunday comes along and that belongs to God and before I know it, it's Sunday night after church again and that is my life, amen? And you complain, often we complain about it. We may not speak it out because we don't want God to know it. But do you know how long it takes God to make your life very, very interesting? Do you know how long it takes God to make the routineness of your life change in a moment's notice? 
Do you know how long it takes God just to step away and say, oh, you don't like the routineness. You can't rejoice with what you have. You can't celebrate the life that you have. Let me just make your life real interesting. Let me let this come your way and see how you respond to it. Yesterday, everybody was good. Everybody was happy. The routineness is there. Now you're falling on your face before me, and you're crying out, God, please help me. Please heal. Please anoint. Please intervene. That's how fast it can change. So how do you take that routineness and you say, you know what, God? I believe I can make it exciting. And that is to remember the blessing and the praise and the worship of Almighty God. You begin to talk to God about the things that you have. You begin to thank Him for the routineness. You begin to thank Him and have great expectations and know that in you, I said in you, is a dream that God desires to fulfill. Langston Hughes said, and I quote, Hold fast to dreams, for if dreams die, life is a broken winged bird that cannot fly. Some people never get off the ground because of a broken wing and the lack of the dream and the lack of the anticipation and the lack of worship. And God said, I can heal that. I can anoint you. I desire for you to soar like an eagle. Come on, somebody, and talk to me. I desire to use you as an example. I desire to complete your life. I desire to use you in a way you thought never possible. But listen, you got to give me an opportunity. you got to believe it. You've got to shed that coat of routineness and say, God, what's next in my life? I want to be used by the power of the Holy Ghost. It's true. This church is a busy church, and we don't complain. At least I don't complain. But I can tell you why. Because we're flowing with the lifeblood of Christ. How shall we overlook sidewalk Sunday school? How shall we overlook a Franklin Graham conference or a meeting? How shall we overlook what's happening at the Dream Center? How shall we overlook what we're going to celebrate in the next two weeks that we're seeing lives changed by the hundreds? How, how shall we overlook that God says, okay, I know, I know that you're going from here to there and you're getting it done, but let me tell you, there are souls that are being saved. Celebrate that. God, I want to fly. Some people never get it off the ground because they whine because they were hurt or bruised or challenged or kicked around a little bit, my friend. Let me tell you, that's life. Everybody's been slapped. Anybody never been slapped? Let me see you. I'm talking about maybe not with the open hand, but some way or another. If you've been worth your salt, you have been slapped around. Somebody didn't like you. Somebody chastised you. Somebody disagreed with you. Somebody thought your idea was stupid. Somebody said, I hate you. Get ready for it, friend. But those people that hide in a cave over there and live under a rock, nobody ever bothers them. But you get out and you begin to live and stretch your faith and stretch your wings and begin to soak in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm here to tell you somebody will come along and be used by the influence of the enemy to come after you. But in the name of Jesus Christ, we are covered in the blood of the Holy Spirit of God and no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. Are you listening tonight? Please help me out. I want you to leave out of here running out of here tonight. Believe in God because we've got battles that we need to fight. We've got souls that need to be redeemed. We have miracles that we need to claim in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because they belong to us. They belong to us by the power 
of Almighty God. So here's point number one. If you want to write it down, take a look at it, think about it, take a picture of it. God always has a promise for you to claim. Always has a promise for you to claim. Deuteronomy 121, see the Lord your God has given you the land, go up and take possession of it as uh, the Lord The God of your fathers told you, don't be afraid and do not, I said, do not, listen to me, boys, do not, y'all, do not be discouraged. Because when you chart a course to claim something and it takes a while to get there, it's like the baby in the back seat. What does the baby in the back seat on a long journey say? Daddy, are we there yet? Are we there yet? No, sweetie, we're not there yet. Won't be long as it has been. Are we there yet? Sometimes we get to that place. And God said, here's the exciting thing. We're not there yet. But before you know it, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, when you're not even thinking about it, we're going to be there. Hallelujah. The clouds are going to burst wide open. The trumpet is going to sound and the rapture of the church is going to take place. And we'll say, thank God I stayed on the journey of God. I claim what God has given to me. Made the promise to old Abraham and his people. No limitations to it. I have set before you I have set before you an open door, an opportunity to enjoy the fulfillment of the desires of your heart. Think about it. I have opened a door for you. Knock, 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 knock. I have opened the door. So here's the deal. What door do you believe God will open for you? I don't know. I don't know. Listen. When you begin to pray, God, open a door, you are making the commitment that says, God, I will believe that that door will open in the name of Jesus. And when it does, I am absolutely prepared to go through it and do whatever it is you want me to do. God said, I'd open the door for you, but if I did, you wouldn't do anything with it. You wouldn't expect miracles. You wouldn't expect a major move of my spirit. So why should I open a door for somebody who's not going to go through that door and see the miracle come to pass? He said, that's the church opportunity. I've set before you, church. I've set before you, use your name. Every promise comes as a partnership from God. God, I, I want this. I've got some promises I'm claiming in the name of Jesus. And when they come to pass, and they will come to pass, God will do great and mighty things. Joshua's aware of the challenge. He's kind of the Boy Scout for Moses. Did you know that? He knows the value of the promise. He's heard Moses say, man, it's a land of milk and honey. Hello? Land of milk and honey, it's a fertile land, well-watered, well-protected. The key to future success is having water. And he says, here's, here's what I want you to know. Send the spies in. God said, I already know what's going to happen. Send them in there. They went in and came out, and two of them said, my Lord, have mercy. The grapes that we saw, the melons that we saw, were the largest that we have ever witnessed. And those two said, well, it is an unbelievable thing what God is doing for us. But you know what? How many were there that said, well, it's only located in one place. And we, if we've got to fight for that, it's just not worth it. And therein is the church in the world today. 
Let's fast. Let's sacrifice. Let's go the extra mile. Let's get in the devil's face and say, I rebuke. Well, the last time I did it, the devil jumped all over me. <laughs> Expect that. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He might jump on you, but if you say you get back, you dirty, rotten devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. I plead the blood over my life. You are defeated. You are conquered. Now get yourself back in that hole, and you stay there according to the Word of God. Don't you dare come out of there ever again. Woo, I didn't know you had that much gumption. Well, some of you look up and Google gumption. You'll find out what that is. And so what is it? It might be having a child. Some of you have been trying to work on a baby. Keep at it. There's some in the rooms been working on it, and the reports that I get, hey, heaven came down. And they're ready there. They're ready to have that baby. Robin Audrey prayed for grandchildren. They had two of their very first grandchildren born within weeks of one another. Is that correct? Weeks of one another. They're not only a grandparent, they are grandparents all at once. Getting married might be your desire, You're, or maybe remarrying. Remarrying, do a better job the second time you did the first. You might be clearing a financial debt. I'm going to get debt-free. I, I got a miracle testimony this afternoon, and here was the miracle testimony. It was this, Pastor, I need to tell you about our miracle Two years ago, my husband was in an accident that almost took his life. At the end of the day, Lakeland Regional, we owed them $165,000. Watson Clinic, we owed them $18,500. I'm happy to tell you today that, listen, I'm happy to tell you today that Lakeland Regional settled for $500 and wrote the rest off. Watson Clinic, out of $18,500, wrote it all off. We no longer owe them anything. That's the blessing and the miracle of God. God is able, unlimited possibilities, believing God. It is pulsating in the veins of a church that's thriving and believing God. It's in your family. It's in your grandkids. It's in your great-grandkids. The promise is there and no doubt about it. Number two, God always gives you an opportunity to reach whatever you call your potential. Reach your potential. Wow. We're at a restaurant today, and Chloe's celebrating her birthday this coming Wednesday, correct? Is it Wednesday? She'll be 17. Little rascal. I remember when she was born. How did you get 17? And so there's four, five, six of us at the table. I said, now we're Chloe, we're going to sing happy birthday. And I sing it for two reasons, because I want to celebrate her birthday, and the other reason, because I know she hates it. Maybe that one's the more motivating. But the server came up. I said, hey, this is my granddaughter, Chloe. We're about to sing happy birthday. Oh, you are? I said, you want to join? Oh, I sure do. Well, good. Now, I intended to sing happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Chloe. Happy birthday to you. But, oh, no, the server said 
Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Right in my ear, I said, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. Help me. It happens. Here it is. Moses, my servant, is dead. Say amen. Got to be dead before we can move on. Now there, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land that I am about to give you to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Let me ask you this question. How many of you, if you had a promise that said today, as long as you can walk, I will give you all the land that you can walk out in 24 hours' time? How many of you think you could go down and get your best sneakers and put them on and say, buddy, I hadn't done much walking in the past. But I'm about to do some walking now. How many of you think you would go on if you got tired? Amen? How many of you think you would go on if you got a little teeny tiny blister on your heel? How many think you'd go on? Because you know that every foot you take, that land belongs to you. Hello? Hello? Are you with me? I'm not talking about walking in a swamp. I'm talking about walking in a land where there is milk and honey. Amen? I'm talking about going down to West Palm Beach and walking up and down the beach and around and say, every time I walk around this land, it's worth thousands of dollars for every square foot. I'm not going to stop now. How many of you think you could walk at least three hours? Raise your hand. Come on now. How many of you think you could walk at least 10 hours? Come on. Help me out. How many of you think you could walk at least 12 hours? May I see your hand? How many think if you could take a rest, you'd take a five-minute rest and get up and go again. This is what God is saying to you and me. I have promised you a mighty outpouring of my spirit. I promise you unlimited potential. I promise you things that you've only dreamed about. If you'll get up and start walking and not be complaining and just keep walking, here's what you're going to find. There'll be divine intervention, divine anointing, divine order that will come your way. Just keep walking and know that whatever gets in front of you, I'll clear it out. I'll clear it out. I'll go where others do not go by the grace of God. Potential. Be strong and courageous, he tells now. Joshua, opportunities with no limitations requires my commitment. Now, I'm going to ask you to vote again. Kind of raise your hand. Okay, if you're, if you're willing. How many will say, and you're not ashamed, you're just telling the truth, that marriage is a little bit harder than what you thought it was going to be? Come on, get it up. A little bit harder. You can go ahead and raise your hand back there on that break. I see it. It's, just, it's a little bit harder. All right, y'all with me? How many raised your hand? It's a little bit harder. Come on, one more time. How many of you say it's a whole lot harder than what you thought? Come on, Terry. Stanley, get your hand up. It's a whole lot harder. And you know what? How many of you know that one day 
it'll be harder. One day it's my Lord, how mercy it is hard for today. Raise your hand. But then the next day you say, oh, my Lord, how mercy. If he touches me one more time, I think I'm going to have a fit by the grace of God. I love that man. My Lord, how mercy. Look what the Lord has done. And the next day you want to black his eye. Or better yet, one day, she's full of positive emotion. But the next day, get out of the way. Before you go in the house, throw a piece of hamburger in. <laughs> now, I read about that. <laughs> read about it. I want you to stay with me. It requires the commitment. So if you want it, it will demand sacrifice. Everything I have, here it is, God, a sacrifice. that Joshua had to be willing to march into enemy territory and risk his life. Number two, it will demand obedience. God, before you get anything from God, you're going to be obedient. Deuteronomy 31, the Lord will deliver them, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you to do. All right, I'm all in. I am obedient. Number three, it'll demand faith. Okay, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or terrified because of them. I told you the story of the line that we're putting through in Masterpiece Gardens, Assembly of God Family Conference Center. I was over the construction of that, all the development, and, and we had to go through, had to go through virtually the swamp, tree after tree, snake after snake, water moccasins and all of that, but the straight line was through the muck. I took a rebarb about 20, 25 feet long and I took that rebar and I pushed it down with one hand pushed it down again and could have lost it right there I put a D D9 bulldozer out there and I thought and we listened the thing started sinking to go out of sight I had two other pieces of heavy equipment I said chain that baby off and pull it drag it out of that muck there well, that's where you want the water line to go to supply the family conference center. Yep. Otherwise, it's $350,000 to go along the road. But we can go straight through for about $50,000. Engineer said, well, Reverend, there is no way under the sun that you're going to be able to do that. I said, thank you so much for coming out. I appreciate it. I appreciate your expertise. I called another engineer out. This is what I'm going to do. Reverend, I tell you what, you know, you guys, you, you guys, I'm, I know you're church people, but that, that's not going to work. Man, I want to thank you so much. I, I'm indebted to you. I got me another engineer. He was an old Florida cracker. He'd been in the muck, under the muck, through the muck, seen worse places than that. He was redneck. He looked like he had laid out in the sun and was just leather, his skin. I said, here's what I want to do. 
He said, that really what you want to do, Reverend? Yep. Well, I tell you what. I think about the only way to do it is all those trees out there. You're going to have to get somebody to cut them down and fell those trees down in that muck. Get you a dump truck and haul dirt in over them. And just keep the bulldozers running over the dirt and over the trees until you push them way down in that muck until it finally gets hard and you keep dumping dirt. Well, listen, we haul dirt in there by the dump truck load for three and a half months to go a little less than 200 yards. The dirt is about that high. When it was that high, we call the people, come put the water line in, and they put it in. Perfect. Beautiful. Look what the Lord has done. I found somebody who knew how to make it happen. I bought eight new chainsaws to begin with. I bought 10 through the process. Chains would break, chainsaws would wear out, cutting, chasing snakes, and everything else. I had three guys like Larry Price over there that wasn't afraid of anything. And they just kept going, going. And the other day, I got a call from the county. They said, we'd like to put underground power through that with the water line. I said, you do? Yeah, would you sign here? I said, How, what are you going to use to dig the ditch? said, a ditch witch. I said, well, it cut wood. <laughs> you put that ditch witch out there, you're going to run into trees. So I'm telling you now, please, Reverend, sign it. So next week they start. My point is this. Sometimes it takes faith and obedience and consistency and persistence to get what you want. And in life, what is it that you want? Don't settle for something minuscule. The faith that it takes is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see, the strong will of determination. Moses said to Joshua, don't be afraid. God will direct you. Joshua knew that Moses had failed. But he also knew that the entire population of Israel had gotten used to a wilderness and had not been tested to tackle the promised land. I don't care what age you are. I don't care how young, how you're ed educated, or, or the lack thereof. God has something that's in you that God desires to use as a potential that you can overcome if you're willing to be sacrificial and be obedient to that. And not only that, understand what it means to move forward. God always requires a decision of committed action. Here we go. We're going for it. Joshua 1.16, and they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded we, us, we will do, and wherever you send us, we will go. 
Oh, the wedding songs. I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord. How about Africa? Give me another choice and let me pray about it. Hello? This church is poised for more opportunity than you and I could ever imagine. We are believing now for more miracles for Victory Church than we have ever believed God before. And I'm telling you, as the mothership, I'll call us that, the family of God, the mothership, for the family of God and the church to see and do great things, here's what I know. The people in the church have got to experience their own dynamic power and miracle-working presence of God. Amen? So I'm asking you to get ready to believe God as we face our, face our missions conference. It's going to be you, act of obedience, acts of sacrifice. We're going to go beyond what we could ever imagine. When Moses gave the leadership to Joshua, Joshua had to make a decision to pursue it. Okay, you're dead. It's my game now. What am I going to do? Joshua told the people, this is what it's going to take. Listen, you guys have meandered through the wilderness here, and you, but you have never had an opportunity to conquer anything. This is our time. Are you with me or not? Yes, sir, Joshua. Whatever you tell us to do, we'll do it. And wherever you tell us to go, we will go. In other words, in your private time, in your quiet time, when you get home tonight or tomorrow, whenever you make it home, why don't you say, God, what door is it you want me to go through? What mountain do I need to climb? God, you know, and God says, come on, come up with something new, some of your requests. Come up with something that is gigantic, that's beyond what you could imagine. God, I want, I want you to move and, and strengthen in every area of my life. I'll, I will do what you want me to do. Whatever it is, got to look at your heart as he hears your voice and say, I'm about to open a door. Are you ready to go through it? Are you ready to believe me? Are you ready to walk with me no matter where it takes me? I saw a Facebook post the other day. It was a rattlesnake coiled up. Anybody see it? And in front of the rattlesnake that was coiled up was a set of car keys. And if I remember right, the post said, how badly do you want your car keys? How badly do you want them? In other words, if you want them, you're going to have to face that. And you know what my answer to that is? 12-gauge. Amen. I got something bigger and more I call it 12-gauge. You know what? In the Spirit, it is the anointing, the anointing of God. Amen. Devil, you're a liar. I rebuke you. You see, all that you've commanded us, we're going to do it wherever you go. You know, don't get used to a life that's full of just routineness. Just settle in and buckle your seatbelt and trust God. We talked about evangelism. Believe God for your neighbors. 
Believe God for your, for your children, your grand. Believe that they're going to get not just saved, but miraculously saved by God. Don't just settle for a 10-cent raise. Believe God for a gigantic raise. How about $3 an hour? Would that be okay? Don't, don't just believe God for something. Believe God. God, you're going to overcome. And don't get so sour, puss. They just say, well, I've seen it all, done it all, and heard it all, all and everything else. You're not worth anything in that kind of mood. And so God said, oh, you, 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 you've seen it all, done it all. Let me show you something you've never seen. Because you're going to do a lot of looking up from your back. And you're going to have a whole lot of time to think and a whole lot of time to contemplate because you're going to be immobile. You've seen it all, done it all? Oh, no. I haven't seen anything yet. God, I'm waiting for the next assignment. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet and see if we can give the Lord a clap offering. Would you do that? We trust him. Here we go. Thank you, Lord. God is able, more than able, to do abundantly and exceedingly more than we could ever expect or anticipate or ask. Sometimes we become, we, we do become weary in well-doing. Don't let the in, in, enemy hem you in. Don't let him, don't let him discourage you. Don't, don't let him take your drive away. Amen. Get, get, say, I'm going. I'm, I'm going to run out of here tonight. I'm going to believe God for some great things. It's, I'm going to trust God. There are things that have happened to some of you that you thought never would happen, but it happened. Amen. If that's true of you, raise your hand. Something I never thought it happened, happened to me by the grace of God. I, I don't understand it, but here's what I do know. It was God who did it all the way. He was able. So in this room, we have the manifestation of those who've experienced that. Well, why should we settle and think it cannot happen to somebody else? Why should we settle and back up and just let the enemy have his way? I say no in the name of Jesus. I say God is able. Amen? God is able. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight for the greatest congregation in the world. I thank you for all of these people. We love them. I'd rather hang out with these people than anybody else. And I'm praying that something is going to stir and something is going to happen. So, Lord Jesus, in your name, speak through us. Just in case there's somebody here, somebody online whose heart's not right, would you repeat this prayer after me? Here we go. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. I confess my sins, and I believe by faith. If I confess my sins, he will forgive me. I now believe I am forgiven. My sins are gone. I thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for me. Amen. Here's what I believe. Moment to be obedient. If you say, you know what? I'm going to put my hand on the door and I'm going to believe that God's going to help me open it. And when he opens the door that I need open, I'm going to walk through it by the grace of God. And if you're willing to say, I'm putting myself on the line, I'm going to believe that. If you don't want to believe that, please stay in your seat. 
but there's going to be some who's going to come out of those seats and God is going to mark you for good. God's going to mark you for a greater potential than you could ever imagine. But here, you remember I said it's a partnership. It is a partnership with God and God's standing back with his arms folding and say, now after that message, let me see what you're going to do. Let me see how you're going to manage it now. God is always ready. Do you believe that? We're going to sing, give you a chance to respond, and let's see what God will do. Here we go, everybody. You respond as God directs you. with you. direction heavenly father in your name i believe in miracles i believe in miracles now i believe in divine intervention and i believe it now i believe that great things are in store for those who believe god i believe a revival is here i believe in jesus name lost people will get saved i believe that our missions conference will be the best ever I believe in the name of Jesus you will awaken a spiritual giant. I believe in your name that mean people will give their heart to Christ. I believe that you'll make a way where there is no way. I believe you're going to give financial increase to those who have settled in that it's not going to happen. Let it be so in the name of Jesus Christ. And I trust you, God, because I know, I know 
that life is a challenge and life is a journey. But I know it's a whole lot more fun when we are fighting off the powers of darkness and winning battles and wars. I thank you for that privilege. I thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. How many of you believe God answered prayer? Amen. I want you to take this message and get out of here. I want you to come back. We're going to have church, and then we're going to be praying for the missions conference. Meet several people you don't know, and let's love God. Here we go, everybody. God, my Savior, God.